back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Hewlett and Dunn, Boot and Jean Company, and Collierville. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Brian Jacobs. Welcome back into Sports Time. Bryant and Brett with you as we start our 5 o'clock hour. And joining us to talk about the Grizzlies and their upcoming season, DeMichael Cole, the Grizzlies beat writer for the Commercial Appeal, joins us. Now, DeMichael, thanks so much for joining us. Excited to have you back on uh, for another Grizzlies season. And I want to start, we've got one preseason game remaining. We've seen uh, the, the starters a lot, but we've also gotten a, a good uh, eye on some of these reserve players, maybe some of the guys that, that will uh, spend a lot of time in the G League. What, what have been your biggest takeaways so far in preseason with one game remaining? Man, uh, it's, a, it's a lot. I think the biggest one for me is, is just watching this competition, you know, play out uh, with the fifth starting spot. Uh, I, I think that's the biggest one, considering that uh, that's going to have a lot of, you know, weight. Uh, at this point, it has a lot of weight, you know, at this point of the season. But watching, you know, um, Luke Kennard get a start. Then it was Zaire. Uh, David Roddy just got a start. And, and kind of just seeing how that plays out. Because I feel like that's the big domino. Once that situation is kind of resolved, the end of Grizzlies will be able to, you know, formulate a rotation around it. And we'll have kind of a good idea of how this bench would look as well. DeMichael, it is great to hear your voice. I told you at the golf tournament, I said about two months we'll be visiting regularly. The Grizzlies will be yep. here. It was a blink of an eye. We were in the, the media yep. room during that biblical rain on Wednesday when we were visiting about the Grizzlies. It sped by, hadn't it? It, it, it always does. Like you, 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 you get past that first part of summer, you know, where summer league, uh, the draft, free agency, all that, and then it's like, boom. Like, it, it, I mean, you think, oh, we got August, we got September. And, I mean, it, it flew by. I think the FIBA tournament really, you know, uh, made it fly by even faster uh, this year. But, but, yeah, it definitely did. Okay, with the notable exception of John Morant, what was the, from the last game last year to now, excluding John, what's been the, your, your biggest Grizzlies takeaway? Is the biggest takeaway from the preseason so far? Uh, j- just in general, in the Grizzlies galaxy, in the Grizzlies world, mm-hmm. except for Ja, what's the biggest news? Man, uh, for me, you know, I'm, I'm a basketball junkie, so like for me, it's it's. I would say probably um, the the growth in in Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, as, aside from Ja, because now I feel like you have those three guys that you can build around here. Like, uh, last season, you know, there was an idea. You know, we would say, oh, you, you know, you, potential was a huge word used with Jaron Jackson Jr. Desmond mm-hmm. Bain, uh, last season, we saw him basically, um, I mean, go from being a guy who uh, was a spot-up shooter as a rookie to being this dynamic scorer. Like, it happened fast. So um, uh, those two guys uh, have really helped kind of give the Grizzlies a direction going forward. I mean, we know that Ja, that's your franchise player and whatnot, but now you have two guys who also, you know, can be franchise players with them because, I mean, we know the the, 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 like, the current landscape of the NBA, 
uh, one-star player isn't winning you championships these days. Like, you know, Jokic needed Jamal Murray in order to get over the hump last season. And, you know, a guy like Michael Porter. Or, you know, even you look at that Raptors team that had Kawhi Leonard. He needed Pascal Siakam. He needed Fred Van Vliet. Like, uh, you need those dynamic co-stars. And Desmond Bain and Jaron are turning into that. Uh, Jaron last season winning Defensive Player of the Year. And, uh, I, look, what we've seen from Desmond Bain so far, I don't think it's far-fetched to say that this could be an all-star year for him. Wow, that would be that would be massive. Well, I know a lot of people here locally, uh, especially ones who have been here locally for a long time, have been really excited with the Derrick Rose signing and what he could bring to the table this year. And a lot of people were extremely excited to watch what he did in that first preseason game where he finished with, what, 12 or 13 points, most of all of it coming in the first quarter. Realistically, when you look at Derrick Rose, how much do you think he can bring to the Grizzlies on the court? Uh, a lot. Um, I, I really do. And and here's the thing. You know, we, we, we know the situation with Derrick Rose in terms of three years ago, he he was a three seasons ago, he was a six-man-of-the-year candidate. Yeah. Then a, a couple seasons ago, he had a really good year with the Knicks. Then last season, you know, uh, and he played 26, 27 games and, did, you know, it, it didn't go well. And they, they brought in the younger guys, Miles McBride, Emmanuel Quickly, those guys get the minutes. And Derrick Rose pretty much wrote the pine for the rest of the season. But I got the sense from talking to people in New York, from talking to, you know, Derrick Rose, like that time on the bench, kind of like, you know, this is a guy that's got a lot of tread on the tires in his career. And we know how big he is, you know, with maintenance of his body. But that time on the bench kind of, you know, kind of helped, you know, I want to say rejuvenate him in a way Mm -hmm. uh, because he, he saved some tread. Like, and you can see it on the floor. I mean, talking to the Grizzlies players, I wrote it after the first preseason game. They were just talking about how, you know, his burst is still there. He's still so quick. I think Zaire said something like, man, he, he's so quick. Now I can only imagine what it was like 10 years ago when, when those dudes had to go against him. So, um, I mean, I think the, the ideal role is, is going to be, you know, that backup point guard role. And it's going to be different, you know, from Tyus Jones. This is, Derrick Rose can be, you know, that playmaker. Uh, he hates turnovers in the same way of a guy like a, a Tyus Jones, but he is a he can still be a dynamic scorer. As you watch so far in the preseason, he'll kind of pick and choose, you know, uh, his moments where he gets downhill and he's going to the basket. He has that nice motor. He's real good with angles. I think he's going to be a real big addition. Uh, just you know, not to play a huge role in terms of twenty five minutes a game or anything like that. But when he's on the floor, you know he's going to be a net positive, and uh, he's going to give the Grizzlies another creator uh, who could really help this team. Have you had any availability with to, to, with uh, John Morant? Uh, not really. No. Um, I mean, you know, we see him a little bit. We've seen him at shoot around. We've seen him in the practices. Um, you know, I've, I've had some conversations with some people around him, but uh, now nah, I haven't really talked to John in much. And, and I, I want this as much as anything. Mm-hmm. I really believe, DeMichael, that the, this next phase of his contract or his career, the one that takes him to the Hall of Fame, will look back and this will be a blip. I, I sure hope it. And it's, it's, it's tailor made for like one of those true American stories, right? Like we, this is, this is what we see and this is, uh, in American culture. 
in a way, it's what people come to, to like. You know, you think of all the greats, right? We A lot of people will say Muhammad Ali is probably the most, I guess, you know, whatever the word is. But he, he's mm-hmm. probably the most popular athlete uh, of all time. Mm-hmm. And, it's and he had a great comeback. Exactly. And you, and you think about, you know, when when he uh, was in prison and everything, the mixed reactions that came with it and, and everything. That, but every each of the top athletes, you know, Michael Jordan, he retired from the game and came back and won three championships like that. Kobe. That is Kobe Kobe's come back after the incident he, out in Colorado. He he lost a lot of sponsorships and, and you know, it was it was tough. He had to show him. He had to show him. So, uh, I mean, John Morant, he, he's going to have an opportunity. He has a chance. The Grizzlies are behind him. Uh, and I see even they're investing in John. You know, uh, just a little small tidbit that stood out to me recently. Like, we know Derrick Rose, part of the reason he's here, because he's that guy who's had that experience in terms of, you know, trials and tribulations, MVP point guard, the, phys- the physical skills he's had that are similar to John. One thing that stood out to me was I was in the Grizzlies locker room after the first preseason game. And I forget who the two players were, but it was two younger guys whose lockers were beside John Morant last season. They're still on the team. Whoever those players were, they, they're still on the team. I want to say it was like David Roddy, uh, maybe Zaire Williams too. But the point is, went in the Grizzlies locker room that day, and the lockers are shifted a little bit. But you know who's right beside John Morant's locker? Derrick Rose. Uh that that's intentional. That's that's when when they go in the locker room and they're sitting down, they're sitting beside each other. They're spending that time with each other. And I think all that's gonna be beneficial in terms of helping Ja, you know, get to that level he wants to uh to, to that level he needs to get to, you know, from the Grizzlies and the organization standpoint. At the same time, Ja's just gonna have that natural maturation potentially with him being older and whatnot. But uh but yeah, this is this is a big year for him because this year could go one or two ways. I mean, I don't see a, a middle ground, you know, like it's, he comes back and, and really shines or, you know, worst case scenario, we're, we're having a similar conversation uh, next year. Yeah, you're, you're definitely right about that, but it's good. I mean, that, that Derek Rose, you bring him in and, and, and it looks like uh, hopefully trying to kind of be in that mentorship role, uh, even though he says he's not doing any babysitting. Uh, we're talking to Michael yeah. Cole, uh, the Grizzlies beat writer from the Commercial Appeal. Uh, DeMichael, I know you've written about it. I know a lot of people have been talking about it. The idea of what, what Zaire Williams could be this year, maybe the idea um, of him being a starter on this team. What have you heard from the, from the team about what they want? Out of Zaire, and what do you expect for him from him this season? I think he has the inside track right now at this point wow. uh, to be that fifth starter. Uh, you know, it, it's similar to last season from the perspective of when we were talking to Taylor Jenkins, and it didn't take long to figure out that Santi was going to be the starting power forward in place of you know the injured Jaron Jackson Jr. But he went through all the characteristics that he wants. Then I remember he was talking about Santi one day, and he was like, yeah, he has the offensive playmaking, you know, he, the the defensive versatility that they're eyeing from that player. Uh, but now all Taylor Jenkins talks about is defense, 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 in terms of his fifth starter. And then there are a couple other things, you know, uh, secondary playmaking, right? The Grizzlies uh, will be without Ja for the first 25 games. You're going to need uh, different guys who can kind of – operate out of pick and roll, and keep the ball moving. Uh, Zaire has done that so far in the preseason. He shot the ball well. 
and defensively, he's getting those assignments. And Taylor Jenkins has said, you know, through the first couple days of practice, through the early part of the preseason, Zaire has really shown a lot of promise on the defensive end. Uh, I think David Roddy has done some of those things similarly, but I think there's a gap when you talk about what's the, what, what puts Zaire ahead right now is that secondary playmaking potential. Yeah, you look at the raw numbers, I think it's seven assists to six turnovers, but you take it a step further, uh, you're looking at him operate out of pick and roll, and it's it's not it's not pretty all the time. He's had turnovers, he's gotten his you know pocket picked a couple times, but you go to that Heat game and we see him turn the corner, you know, off the screen. He gets past Tyler Hero and he he shoots a little short drop, short uh, shot, and gets the foul call. The end one opportunity. Like uh, I don't think any of the other guys who are in the competition can really do that. So he gives you a bit of that dynamic. Scoring. They love his size, you know, six nine, long arms. We saw Taylor Jenkins start him out uh, in that game. He wasn't guarding Tyler Hero, but because uh, he came off the bench, he was guarding Duncan Robinson and did well on him. And then in the second half, we saw Tyler Hero ended up with thirty, and he he got the best of Zaire a lot too. But I'm looking at you know the fact that Taylor Jenkins said we're going to switch the matchup. We're putting Zaire on him because of the confidence you know he has in his defensive ability. So I, I think he has the inside track right now. Do you trust that Stephen Adams is really a okay or just okay? Uh, I mean, I'll say it like this: I, I think he's a okay, but the a okay uh, is going to look like okay to some people when you know we see the Grizzlies have a back to back and he potentially mm-hmm. you know misses some games early in the season. Uh, that'd be smart. Yeah, I, I think that's what it is. You know, uh, that's kind of how I, I envision the situation working out. And think think about when Jaron and Dez first came back uh, last season from their separate injuries. When Jaron first got back, I think there were two or three back-to-backs uh, that, you know, he didn't play on the second leg of them and before he was fully playing, you know, uh, the rest of the game. And same thing with Dez when he first got back from the toe uh, injury or a couple back-to-backs mixed in there. Uh, well, he wasn't playing on the second leg, and I think the season will start off like that. I think you get the Grizzlies have uh, the Wizards like uh, early. I think that's the first back-to-back, if I'm not mistaken. But when they get them, uh, that could be a game that potentially Stephen Adams, you know, misses as he continues to to ramp up. And it's it's a need, so you know you got to be real careful uh, with big guys and needs. At the end of the day, uh, I think he's fine. You know, everything is just out of caution. You know, you don't you don't want to reaggravate something. And uh, the Grizzlies, if anything, uh, that medical staff has shown you know that they will take all the precautions in order to uh, you know prevent anything from reaggravating or coming back. You know, even worse. Well, from uh, Stephen Adams to Marcus Smart, we haven't seen Marcus Smart this preseason. It sounds like we'll see him on Friday. Uh, what's the health status on him, and and how much do you think uh, we see from him on on Friday night? Yeah, so he's in that ramp-up stage right now. Uh, and that's pretty much what we talked about in the past where the Grizzlies, you know, they start getting close to playing 5-on-5 five five, or they are playing 5-on-5, five five, which is pretty much, you know, the final step uh, before a player returns. So, I mean, him being in a ramp-up and potentially getting to 5-on-5 five five and it's Monday, uh, it's very likely that he plays. And he's going to play on Friday. Uh, I think... You know, they're not going to push down low too much. He probably plays a half, a little bit more than a half, uh, possibly, you know, three quarters. But you just want to get him out there just to have that one game, you know, that, that rep where, I mean, Derrick Rose has started every game that he's played with the Grizzlies so far. So you want Derrick Rose coming in with the second unit, you know. You want Marcus Smart handling the ball and being able to, you know, uh, 
learn where Desmond Bain likes the ball in transition, where Desmond Bain is going to be in this situation, where Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to be in this situation. All those little entities that, yeah, the season is going to be good for that, but you, you want the you know, run in the preseason to kind of build up on it. DeMichael Cole, our guest, he's on the beat for the commercial appeal covering all things Memphis Grizzlies. It will be with us most Mondays now through the end of the year. There are a couple Mondays that uh, he'll have, he'll like to join us a little earlier because availability with, with, with the coach, but he, he's with us today and we're so glad to have him back for a long run. And DeMichael, I'm not going to drag you into a win total number. Just give me a trading range of what you think it could be and what that would correlate to seed. I'm going to say 48. Um, so, so a little bit less than the last couple of years. Well, you, you jumped right out there. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I thought about this, right? I, I thought about this a little bit, but here's, I think the West is, I mean, it's just, there just aren't that many nights off. Like you go to the bottom of the Western Conference right now. I think what most people say, you think of the bottom three or whatever. It's probably bottom four, I'll say, because it's, it's a gap after that. The bottom four are probably going to be Utah. San Antonio, Houston, and let's see, Utah, San Antonio, San Antonio, Houston, Utah, and Portland. Like, those are probably going to be your bottom four. Portland has some dynamic guards, Scoot Henderson, Anthony Simons. They got Jeremy Grant. Uh, we know what San Antonio has over there with Vassell, Wimbiana, Houston, Fred Van Fleet, Dylan Brooks with that nice, solid young core. Uh, that they have over there, like it's just th- those are your quote unquote must win games right there. This this is including when you got to go against the Pelicans potentially with Zion, where they were a top three seed before he got hurt uh, at the start of the new year uh, last year, or Oklahoma City's team that a lot of people are buying into the hype of what this team could jump to, you know, this upcoming year. And then it's the you know the star studded teams, right? Uh, the Clippers with all these guys, uh, Kawhi and PG, the Suns. Uh, the Nuggets, the, the Lakers. Yeah, like, the point is, I feel like, you know, 52 games might be the one seed in the West this year. You know, used to seeing mm-hmm. 58, 59, but uh, 53 games might do it for you. And I think the Grizzlies will be somewhere in that hunt. Uh, and, and right now I'll say uh, 48. Uh, DeMichael, when you look at these young guys, kind of, uh, the guys that joined the team last year, LaRavia, Roddy, um, and then, and with Gigi Jackson, what have you thought about their preseason? And for Gigi, uh, we'll spend most of the season in, in South Haven, I assume. Uh, what, what are the biggest things you're looking for him to improve on this year to maybe next year at this time, he could be making a name and, and turning some eyes to, to make this rotation? So there's going to be the natural things that he proves on in terms of the physical, you know, physical strength and mm-hmm. stuff like that. That's, that's what I want to see. But from a skill standpoint, uh, the biggest thing I want to see out of Gigi Jackson is, is learning his game uh, from an NBA perspective in terms of the spots he can get to, uh, getting a better handling of spacing and, and playing efficient basketball. Uh, I mean, you, you look at him just like skill wise, offensively, the guy, like he, he has it like, from just a tantalizing talent perspective, a lot of the players on the Grizzlies cannot do what Gigi Jackson can do. Right. But other guys can put it together better because at this point of their careers, they know who they are. They know what they bring to the table. And Gigi, you know, he he is, I mean, he can create off the dribble. Uh, he can go get, he can go block shot. He can play the three. He can play the four. Uh, 
basically his game will just kind of need an identity this season. It, it needs to be to the point where, oh, we know when, when Gigi basket, when Gigi gets the ball, you know, in the low post, uh, he has this nice turnaround shot that he can go to. I think you want to see him, you know, shoot 45% at least, 46%. Because he's going to, we know he's going to get the shots up. You've been watching Gigi Jackson in the preseason in the summer league. Oh, yeah. uh, you ain't got to worry about any shotness in his game when it comes to shooting. So uh, you just want to see some, some efficiency. You know, with that shot, you want to see some signature things kind of develop, you know, for him. Because right now, it just looks like he he is, you know, he, he he's kind of just shooting whatever shot comes to him, which is, you know, definitely the game. And I'm sure that's what he's being told. But as he kind of figures out his skill set in the NBA uh, realm of things, he can kind of slow it down a little bit, get to his spots. That's what I want to see. But in the simplest form, you want to see Gigi Jackson, you know, average double figures down there, uh, shoot 45-plus percent, shoot decently from three-point range, and show, you know, that defensive versatility that the Grizzlies are hoping to see from him. And just organizational-wide, just be really patient with him because tomorrow, tomorrow, October 17th, He's still two months shy of turning nineteen. He, you, you know, I remember when Jason Tatum uh, was saying, "Everybody's saying he's just nineteen the whole season." Uh, that's going to be the new thing with GT Jackson until he turns until he turns eighteen. Every every game he plays, he's going to be like, "Wow, man, he's just eighteen. He's just 18. So, Eight, yeah, he's eighteen be years old in the NBA. It's 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 wild. It's wild. He's younger than than Bronny James, like. <laughs> It's a great wow. stat. I mean, that's a great nugget. That's awesome. Well, Demi- Michael, I can assure you, before my 19th birthday, oh, I didn't have any business hanging around NBA players. <laughs> no. Me, me either, Brent. Me either. No, not at all. But Michael, just a lot could have gone oh, real wrong. Man. Yeah, a lot could have gone wrong. But Michael, <laughs> thanks so much for joining us. A lot of fun. And, and next week when we talk to you, uh, we'll be getting ready uh, for the first regular season game for the Grizzlies. All right, most definitely, guys. Looking forward to it. Take care. Thanks, Michael. You, you got it. Thank you, Michael. Michael Cole joining us from the commercial appeal. He's the Grizzlies beat writer over there. Go check out all of his work. He's got some great I, I, stuff for preseason. I like his forty-eight. Yeah, I do too. I do too. And I think I, he's I, right. I, I'd sign up for forty-eight right now, and not play a down. I mean, I think this schedule. When you look at some of the teams, specifically Portland, you know, you have a couple of back-to-backs with Portland. Uh, and, and earlier, oh. when we saw that schedule, those kind of looked like tough games. But now, after these trades, mm-hmm. those are games, like he said, there are, there are a handful of teams that you're going to have to go out and handle business every single time you see those teams. And, and I think uh, Portland's definitely one of them, like you just said. We'll see them uh, early in, in a couple of back-to-back games. So. Just, just no way we, we would ever subject the audience to going game by game huh. wins and losses for 82. Uh, it, it, it's a fool's mission yeah. to try to do it in 10 game segments. Yeah. I mean, and I remember, uh, when the, when the schedule first came out, uh, everyone wanted to do the, uh, the first 25 games. What's the Grizzlies record at when Ja returns? Ja. And, I right. mean, that's, that's, you know, impossible to do. Yeah. I mean, it's impossible. just, it's just so hard, but the season, it's right. But I think a trading range we, sure. we can work on. Sure. I, 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 I swear for that 25, I, I would take anywhere from eleven and fourteen to, for sure, over five hundred. Sign oh, up for it, absolutely. and then if you got up to fourteen, eleven, fifteen, ten, I mean that 
that would be like you know just robbing a bank. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I mean, for sure. And, and so we'll see. I mean, next week we'll be talking about regular season basketball, and, and it'll be here, and we'll start kind of tallying up those wins and losses uh, for those first 25 games. But uh, before we get to a break, i got to tell you about Hewlett & Dunn, our 5 o'clock sponsor each and every day. Hewlett & Dunn, Boot & Jean on the Historic Square in Collierville since 1961. Charles Hall started working there in his teens, and now with his wife Laura, they own the place, known for all the boots, but also clothing, accessories, and a cap for any team in any season. Western wear, work boots, safety toe, soft toe, even rubber boots, boots for every single occasion at Hewlett and Dunn. And from head to toe, they have you covered with every brand imaginable. Ariat, Dam Post, Anderson Bean, whether for men or women, they've got you covered. And it's not just the boots. Men's and women's clothing like jeans, pants, shirts, shorts, outerwear, and the best duck head collection you'll find. Charles and Laura Hall invite you to 111 North Center Street or to HewlettDunn.com on the square in, in Collierville. Hats, sunglasses, boot care products in every area, team snapback, and cool hats that you can think of. Whether it be the Tigers, Mississippi State, UT, Ole Miss, or the Razorbacks, they've got a cap and some accessories for you. And for travel, their bag selection is top-notch. HewlettDunn.com, but please head out to Collierville and pay them a visit. Say hello at 111 Center Street on the square in Collierville at Hewlett and Dunn. Let's go ahead and get to a break, and when we come back, we'll get to our Ruth's Chris Monday Night Football Preview and Pick. That's next on Sports Time. We are real sports talk. Sports 56 WHBQ. Available on your radio dial at 560 AM and 98.5 FM, as well as around the world online at sports56whbq.com. Take us with you everywhere by downloading the Sports 56 app. And at home, just say, Alexa, play Sports 56. Wherever you are, stay tuned in to Real Sports Talk. Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Sports 56 Traffic. Afternoon. I still see a little bit of volume over here on 240, trying to get on the 385, going outbound Bill Morris Parkway. It's not the worst we've ever seen it, but it's a little bit busy as that traffic flow continues out towards Collierville. Not bad at the moment, leaving Midtown. I-40 over here at Chelsea looks pretty clear at the moment, south of Memphis on 55, down through DeSoto County. Hey, don't miss it this year. I'm talking about Smoky Mountain Fall Festival underway right now through the end of the month. you still got time. Check it out online first at obergatlinburg.com. I'm Command- Andrew Chuck with your on-time traffic. Hello again, everyone. I'm Howard Gosell. Welcome aboard. It is Monday Night Football, and a very rare Monday night that we're also talking about going over to Ruth's Chris and watching baseball. we got to get an NLCS pick. Right. right. Give me the Diamondbacks. Who you take? I'm going to take the Phillies. What they've done uh, at the plate has been extremely impressive this postseason, so I'll, I'll ride with the Phillies. Monday Night Baseball, Monday Night Football, it. and we're going to talk Monday Night Football now. And I think a real big statement game, potentially, 
for Dak Prescott tonight. I I, I don't. I heard today that somebody was talking about you know a, a matchup of two big time quarterbacks. I'm sorry, I don't think it is. I, I think we're, we're we're missing one of the two, and I think it's Dak Prescott. Yeah, I'm afraid. Uh, I'm afraid I have to agree with you on that. And the, and the Chargers, they're now. Who is favored? It, it, this is bounced around all over the place. I'm seeing Dallas minus one and a half, but it, it may have changed. We'll, we'll call it Dallas minus one and a half tonight in that game. The Cowboys have more fans there. Oh, yeah. The, the Chargers n- never have more fans than the opposing team in Stan Kroenke Stadium. Huh. So we'll, we'll call it Dallas minus one and a half. I'm going to take the Chargers. I'm taking the Chargers to win straight up in a low-scoring affair as most of the games this weekend, as, as they were, I think only two games went over all weekend in the NFL. I'm going to take Chargers 24-13 tonight. Mm, I'm going to have to go with the Dallas Cowboys. Surprise, surprise to most, I'm sure. Um, but really, when you when you look at this game, I, I know it's on the road for the Cowboys, and, and the road has not been... Uh, has not been kind to the Cowboys. Their two losses both coming on the road, but uh, hopefully a bounce back game after that loss to the 49ers. Now we could see kind of a that kind of hangover factor, but it's been a long week. They didn't play uh, until last Sunday night, so they get a little bit of a, a long week, and I'm hoping they can bounce back. But like you said earlier, they're going to need Dak Prescott uh, to have a good game if they're going to ba- bounce back tonight. So we'll see what happens, but uh, I- I'll try my luck with the Cowboys. The Chargers need this game more than Dallas, though, don't they? One hundred percent. I think so. And I don't want to fall to the two worst, and three if you're the Chargers. One of the worst looks of the weekend, and boy, it's it, it's hard to recognize <laughs> the Patriots. But Ezekiel Elliott, former Dallas Cowboy, he took a little swing pass, turned five into about fifteen, mm-hmm. and then was doing the the feed. Oh me. yeah, the feed me. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> fifteen yard game. What are you talking about? See, most people don't yeah. even know where you are playing uh, now. And you, he's, yeah. he's doing the, the, the feed me on on just a Patriot huh. team that's hard to recognize. But tonight, Chargers, Cowboys on Monday night football. And we're, we're going to do our, our big four quarterbacks all time. And we're going to combine them because we're going to get a shot at both of them just for yep. their the all-time big four. So we're going to combine them. Do you know that Troy Aitman at the end of his career – had to really sleep on and turn down North Turner to join him for a year or two in, in, in San Diego with the Chargers. Really? I did not know that. Yeah. And that would – and I, I'm afraid he just didn't have – and he came to the realization that he didn't think he had anything left. Right. Wanted to be you know cowboy for life. Sure. I mean, that would have almost been a bad look for the Chargers is when Johnny Unitas in, uh, finished up with, in San Diego, yikes. and it was a real bad look. Yeah, sounds like it. All right, so you want to get to your top four? Uh, who, who do you want to start, me or you? you, you Fire away. All right, I'll start with my top four. Uh, number four, uh, Dan Fouts, uh, the Charger legend, uh, comes in. Uh, number four on my list. Number three, Tony Romo. How can you have a Cowboys list without Tony <laughs> Romo? On? I mean, my childhood, Brett, was revolved around what Tony Romo did on a Saturday or you love me, on a Romo, Sunday afternoon. You got to love Philip Rivers. Uh, I do love Phil Rivers, but he is not Good, on my they, list. They, they both. They both were Mr. Fantasy Football. They were. That's a great point by you. Number two, Roger Staubach for me. I mean, one of the all-time greats 
for the Cowboys. You can't say Cowboys without saying Stallback. And then number one, you just tied it all together by saying there was a chance he could have been a Charger. He's great on Sunday afternoons, and that is Troy Aikman. He was almost a Charger, and he's really good on Monday nights now with That's Joe Buck on Monday that night football. That's true, but he's made uh, his name on Sundays playing and in the booth. It's been Sunday afternoons. I think I goaded you into Romo. I think you did that just to show me because I told you, <laughs> I told you pre-show. Please don't tell me you have Romo in your list. Brett, you my said, childhood. Just I mean, you know, did you ever think about John Hadle with the Chargers? Do you ever consider him? I did not. I considered Philip Rivers, but I did not consider uh, Hadle. John Hadle wore uniform number twenty-one as a quarterback. Well, if I know that, I would have. I would have considered yeah. him, Brett. And did you ever consider the only Charger to lead them to a Super Bowl, Stan Humphreys? I did not. I did not. Actually, no, no, no. That is not true. Stan Humphreys was on the list, but he was below a couple of Chargers. I I say it all the time. Bobby Ross to win a national championship (laughs) at Georgia Tech and take the Chargers to a Super Bowl with Stan Humphreys, yeah, that right there should be impressive. pro football. Or, oh, yeah. or some, any Hall of Fame. Some you sort can of Hall of Fame into. reward or something. You deserve something for that. We, we, we were close on our four. Much closer than I bet you thought thought we'd be. Well, with the notable exception of Tony Romo. Number one for me, and I think it's just favoritism here statistically in Super Bowls, Troy Aitman was better. But I, I'm going to go with Roger Staubach just – I just thought he personified what a 70s quarterback looked and acted like. Number two, Troy Aikman. Number three, Dan Fouts. Uh, and number four, Phillip Rivers. And that was tough because Dan Fouts never went to Super Bowl. He got right. to AFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. But so did Phillip Rivers. Sure. Phillip Rivers may have gotten to two. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I, uh, maybe. Fouts, I think, just won. Did Rivers go to two or with, with the Chargers? But Rivers was statistically... Uh, just, just off the charts. He's going to, he's going to Canton, and he should. Oh, I think absolutely. he will. Uh, very first ballot, but for me, Stallback, Aikman, Fouts, Rivers. You never considered Don Meredith. I did not. I did not either. No, Meredith did not. Uh, did not come up with my list. Now, Philip Rivers. Like I said, if if we had done a top five, Philip Rivers would have been on my list. But uh, I could only and, give and, and, one you know, Charger, and the Chargers should be lucky. Any Charger fan listening, you should be thankful that I even included one Charger because I wasn't at first. And then I, th- I tried to be nice, tried to add a Charger. Justin Herbert's going to obliterate the Phillip Rivers record book. He's got you know a yeah. long time to do it, but I think he will. I think Dak Prescott is already third all-time passing yards in Cowboys history. He's I a, think he's that's right. Yeah, that might be. Let's let's take a look. Passing yards. He, he, he's already way up there. And I honestly, we'll get to Cowboys only at some point this year. I don't know that I could have him in in top six or seven. I, uh, I, I yeah. Stallback for sure, Aikman for sure, Romo for sure. Uh-huh. Yeah, so, uh, so Me- Meredith for sure, uh-huh. Danny White even. Yeah, yeah, Danny White's definitely up there. Craig Morton even. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Eddie LeBaron. I don't know. That was crazy. Okay. <laughs> Drew was Bledsoe, crazy. maybe. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, maybe. Maybe. Um, so it's the top uh, Dallas Cowboys passing leaders. Tony Romo leads the way, thirty-four thousand one hundred eighty-three. Troy Aikman right behind him, thirty-two thousand nine hundred forty-two. Third, big gap though. Third, Dak Prescott. 
24,943 yeah. riders. So eight grand Rockwell. behind. Yeah. I mean, behind a, a big Aikman. gap. A big gap. But yeah. still, third, third place. I didn't. Uh, I, I, third I, place. I've heard that before, but I, I, if you had just told me and I had no idea, I would have never guessed. Uh, why do you have it in front of me? Yep. Go, go all the way four through ten. Okay, four through ten. Roger Stahlback, 22,700. Danny White, 21,959. What's that? One, two, three, four, five. Number six, Don Meredith, uh, one, uh, 17,199. Seven, Craig Morton, 10,279. Eight, Steve uh, Puler. Pelour, uh, Pelour, yeah. Dax better than him. Yeah. So so far, he that's the only yeah. one that Dax better than. Uh, and then rounding up the top ten, Quincy Carter, five thousand eight hundred thirty nine. Quincy Carter and uh, uh, Eddie LeBaron, five thousand three hundred thirty. I knew old Eddie LeBaron. I think he was uh-huh. their their first quarterback in the first year of their team. I think nineteen sixty. Is it? Oh wow! Does it show that? It doesn't tell me what year. It just tells me. Yeah. They're, they're but anyway, yeah. that was actually your top eleven. I'm not good at counting, but that was your top eleven quarterbacks. To, to tonight's. I mean, it's going to be hot takery run amok tomorrow if Dak has that 17 of 35 for 191 and four interceptions. Yeah. No, I mean, it absolutely will be. And the fact that, you know, just looking at their stats – through this is going to be game six for the Cowboys, and C.D. Lamb only has one receiving touchdown this year. I mean, yeah, it's hard to believe. Nah, it's hard to believe, and so they need they need to work on that connection a little bit. I don't think it's all there. Only 358 yards for C.D. Lamb, and so maybe get him more involved tonight, and maybe that will lead you to a victory. Fun night ahead at Ruth's Chris, and you can watch baseball, and you can watch Monday night football there. Raise a stake in celebration at Ruth's Chris Steakhouse in the Regalia Shopping Center. Plenty of safe. Uh, free parking. You can hear the sizzles now, and this is how celebrating and enjoying Monday night football and baseball tonight, how it should be done. Kevin Johnson, outstanding guy. General manager Jared Wells is executive chef, and they want everyone to know right now, start booking those holiday parties. Don't let it sneak up on you. We're about uh, about a month and a half out from the first round of parties, so start booking now. Patent and boiling method at Roos Chris. Open for lunch on Sunday, happy hour Monday through Thursday. 4 to 6 right now, Sunday 3.30 to 6, most hospitable steakhouse in town. That's a guarantee. Get a Ruth Chris gift card now. They're always available. Make a reservation and celebrate the right way at Ruth's Chris Memphis. Let's go ahead and get to our final break of the day. When we come back, we'll wrap up today's show with Taco Bell Crunch Time. Now, back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Hewlett & Dunn, Good & Jean Company, and Collierville. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Hammer, nail, coffin, this baby is over. 
The Double Steak Grilled Cheese Burrito. So good. Double the steak with nacho cheese sauce, seasoned rice, red strips, sour cream, and the three-cheese blend wrapped inside a warm flour tortilla with even more three-cheese blend grilled on the top. The Double Steak Grilled Cheese Burrito. It hits the spot now at Taco Bell. And at Taco Bell, when they say they are feeding people's lives with unexpected good, they mean it. Bowl food you can't get anywhere else. Well, Brett, what I learned today is it's official. We have new sports coming to the Olympics in 2028. Uh, some of these are returning. Obviously, uh, the host country uh, kind of gets to, to put out uh, events that they would like to add for the games when it's in their country, and then they vote on it. So the sports that will be added to the lineup in 2028 when it's hosted in Los Angeles, baseball, softball, lacrosse, squash, cricket, and flag football. Brett, we're getting flag football in the in the Olympics, along with baseball. Um, those are two sports that I'm really, really excited to see at the world stage. No, and I'm looking forward to next summer when we're talking the Summer Olympics and, and, and Brian, a tradition unlike any other when we'll go over every sport and we will ask and we will check off ones that we have actually ever played or participated in. Oh, that's great. That's great. Very few, I'm sure, for me. Now, I was, um, I was kicked out of the flag football league Uh, for a very ugly incident. Ah. Well, you know, it happens. Referee Brad. spotted the ball, and I didn't like oh. the spot, and ran over and kicked it, and was well. summarily dismissed. <laughs> well, it happens. Bar- you know? barred, barred forever. I can't even drive up Razorback Road. I can't even drive by one the intramural fields. You know? yeah. It just happens. Me and Pete Rose, what part of Lifetime yeah. Band do you not get? <laughs> I guess so. Uh, what I learned today, Michael Penix is the leader for the Heisman Trophy, 302 yards, four touchdowns, only one interception on a pretty dreary day in Seattle against Oregon in an elimination game. I think Bodacious might be eliminated. There's still time to come back. Right now, the leader for the stiff arm, it's Michael Penix. Mm, I, I think you're right. Uh, Brett, what I could have done without, I'm ashamed of myself. I am just disgusted. I look at myself in the mirror. Over the Tony Romo pick? I, no, no, Brett, no, don't, no. Don't beat yourself up like that. No, it's not that no, bad. No, Brett, no, no, no. Don't do it to Brett, yourself. Brett, I look at myself in the mirror ever since <laughs> yesterday, and I just, I'm disgusted in what I see in return. I told you, Brett, that I would not look at the schedule, the the first day schedule in college football, or excuse me, college basketball, until we got to the month of November. I'm here to tell you, Brett, I have broken my own rule. Um, You know what game got me the most excited for for day one? We got a 1 o'clock line game. We do, but... Fairfield and Boston College got me the most excited <laughs> when I was looking through. I said, if that doesn't scream day one of college basketball, what does? But we've gotten the Kim Palm. We've gotten the AP. I had to take a look at the 112 FBS versus FBS games we'll have on day one. I haven't even looked at day two yet, but day one's going to be a great one. Tigers, 32 in uh, the uh, in Kim Palm. Uh, they were receiving votes. They received seven votes in the AP poll, so they'll have to play their way into the AP poll, and with this non-conference schedule that head coach Penny Hardaway has set up, they can easily play their way into that top 25 with a hot start. We don't have the old 24 hours of college basketball, but that first no, day I we wish. have a strong 16 hours. We sure do. It's going to be a good, a good first it's day. It's really good. Could have done without Seth Hennigan making some uh, – on Friday night it was kind of the, the high and the low for him. He made some big-time throws, and then just not enough consistent throws. Those early flutter balls really scared me. Here's what my theory is about it. 
I don't, I don't think he's been coached exceedingly well. Mm. Pretty good, but yeah. not exceedingly well. There's no way Mike Norvell has him these these three years, and he stays on that kind of that same trend mm-hmm. line. No way. No, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, where are you beaming tonight? Beam me to Hollywood. Stan Kroenke's edifice, six billion. But figure this out. This this screams California, doesn't it? Six billion and no roof over everyone. Some people can still be rained on <laughs> and no air conditioning for some. Good Lord. But you know where there's got a roof and there's air conditioning? Stan Kroenke's uh-huh. bonds. Oh yeah. Of course. One, uh, of course. Who would even think any different? Uh, I'll beam up to Philadelphia tonight for game one between the D-backs and the Phillies. Zach Gallen on the mound. He's 17-9 and with a 3.47 through the regular season. 2-0 and with a 3.18 ERA in postseason play. On the other side for the Phillies, Zach Wheeler, 13-6, and 3.61 ERA in the regular season. 1-0 and with a 2.08 ERA in the postseason. This should be a great game against a experienced Phillies lineup that has looked great all postseason long against a young uh, mix of experience and young D-backs team led by Zach Gallon, who was my preseason pick at Cy Young. I don't think he's been Cy Young level this year, but he's still been a really, really solid pitcher. You mentioned preseason, but the only thing I got right in preseason baseball was Corbin Carroll leading off for Arizona. 4-12 so far in the postseason for him. Great in that leadoff spot. He'll he'll go to the batter's box first tonight yep. in Philly. Uh, we'll watch Monday night football. See how good Dak is. We'll watch the end of this Rangers game five three right now. And you mentioned it three weeks from college basketball. It's it's almost here, Brett. And then we'll really have the mixture of everything going on at the same time. Earlier in this uh, Texas-Houston game, uh, Houston had bases loaded with Nathan Evaldi on the mound, and and with zero outs, he somehow got out of it. It was incredible to watch, but it should be a great night with the NFL, the MLB, the NHL on some some NBA preseason as well, so a little bit of everything out there. But that's all the time we have. Enjoy your night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow afternoon at 3 o'clock. 